To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just ain't the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinionated Benchwarmers Podcast, episode 82. The Opinionated Benchwarmers are back for another edition of the your new favorite sports podcast. We got the cast back together. Los took a, took an episode off. He was feeling under the weather, but he back this time. What's up, fellas? How y'all doing? Doing good, man. I'm good. Glad to be back. You know, was a little under the weather last week, but, you know, this week I'm ready to get back into it, start talking some sports. A lot, of, a lot has happened. You know, we have a big weekend coming up with football um, this past week of basketball, just ready to tackle it all, lay down some predictions, some bold predictions, and uh, see how they come out. Yeah, man, like you said, sports scene been crazy. We definitely got a bunch to talk about, and it's always good. We can have the three of us, had a whole crew in here ready to talk about it, man. So, you know, like I say all the time, I'm not going to delay it. I'm not going to push it off, man. I'm ready for us to jump right on into it. So let's get to it, man. Yes, sir. We got Carlos in here from San Antonio. We got Ramon from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And the voice you're hearing right now is Rob. We're ready to get into it. We appreciate all this love and support we've been receiving, all of the reviews that's been left, all of the subscriptions to the podcast. Please continue to subscribe if you haven't already done so. We are on every platform that you probably can find your podcast and where you get your podcast. One of the main ones we try to say, because we know it's most common, is Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. So if you're not subscribed, go ahead and subscribe. If you have already subscribed, get your homeboy to subscribe who loves sports. Keep sharing this thing. Let, let our listenership continue to grow. We appreciate our love and support. More merchandise coming soon. So stay tuned. Follow us on O underscore Benchwarmers on Instagram and Twitter where you can find all that good stuff as far as graphics, predictions, anything else we got. We got MVP rankings coming up. We got NBA rankings going up already. So make sure that you are tuned in and locked in with our socials so you can catch some of that great content. And feel free to comment on that. We would love to know your opinions. Fellas, let's get into it. First of all, we want to say quickly, rest in peace to Hank Aaron, uh, Atlanta Braves, MLB legend. And I don't know if you guys want to just share your sentiments for a few few minutes. I mean, you know, he was, he meant a lot to Major League Baseball. We know what baseball meant to America, so much so that they had a Negro League and they had a MLB League in which the MLB tried to rectify that situation by uh, no longer separating the records that were done in the Negro League but combining the Negro League with MLB League. But that's neither here nor there. We know what it was when Jackie Robinson was one of the first African-Americans to play the Major League Baseball. 
Uh, but here we have a, a legend of, of Hank Aaron, who's most known for what he's done in the baseball arena, but he also did a lot of philanthropy in his community and for the country, and he, he sparked change. But I think one of the main things that he's known for is his home run record, which stood for a very, very long time until Barry Bonds took that thing uh, late in, um, I think that was around 01, 03, somewhere around there. But we're not talking about Barry Bonds right now. We're talking about Hank Aaron. (laughs) So, I mean, guys, just share your thoughts about such a great legend and such a great legacy. He paved the way for for Blacks. Uh, He played a part into paving the way for, for Blacks in that type of sport. And I mean, he was just, just what when you read some of the things, great things that were said about some of the legends that spoke about him, like Chipper Jones and other Atlanta Braves and his counterparts, they spoke very highly of him. So if you want to just share your thoughts about Hank Aaron for a few minutes and, you know, we can move on into what we had to talk about. Yeah, man, I, I would just say uh, what a legend, you know, rest in peace to him, um, you know, condolences to him, I mean, to his family. Um, you know, and we look at what he's done and how he held that record down. Um, and we look at the Falcons paying respect to him and retiring his number, which is crazy because that's not even the same sport. You know, that just that's the ultimate respect right there, getting a player's number retired. You know, and I was reading today actually on him that they actually wrote um, obituary for him uh, just in case he got assassinated as he was coming close to the uh, Bay Ruth record. They thought that, you know, a black man about to pass up, obviously a white man in Bay Root, that he was going to probably get assassinated, you know, with baseball obviously being a, at back in the day, a dominant white sport or Caucasian sport. They thought that, you know, somebody was going to take him out because they didn't want him to have that record, which is crazy. And you guys can look that up. The listeners can look that up. They actually had it out publicly that they wrote his obituary already before he even died, which is nuts. That's just, you know, next level crazy. But, you know, much respect to him and what he's done for the culture and for, you know, athletes, you know, like you mentioned, uh, Rob, paving the way for black athletes, you know, and you just can't, you can't say enough about somebody that's done that for us as a culture, you know, obviously how long he played in the league, 23 seasons, which is nuts, you know, especially back in the day and, I'm, I'm sure he, he faced a lot of hatred, you know, a lot of hate. You know, we think about it now in sports, right? You know, these athletes, the great ones, right, how much they're hated on. You know, you go back, you know, 50 years or so, and you look at 30, 40 years ago, and you look at him being on top of the sport and being a home run king like that, I'm sure the hate was even doubled for him, especially being a black man back then. So, again, hats off to him, you know, much respects to him, and rest in peace. Yeah. And just to add on to that, man, one key point is that he really never forgot that hate that came his way. I I was looking, you know, at today and and some key things and you mentioned the hate and it said that he donated all of his memorabilia, but he kept all of the hate mail that he received throughout the course of his career. So it just lets you know what he was going through. You know, sometimes it's a little bit easier when you got all the support to everybody and everybody pushing you along and they want you to do well. But in that climate, as you mentioned, you know, when you pass in one of the greats in Babe Ruth, when you're doing all these kind of things in the climate of the country at that particular time, he wasn't well received. You know, it looks good now to, you know, everyone to come together and say he was a hero. But back then during that time, 
he was persevering and being on the top of his game while he was receiving nothing but hate. So hats off to him, man. Kudos to him. Like you said, he's one of the greatest that we've ever seen. A guy that can go up to the plate, not only hit it out of the park, but even just consistently be a hitter. You look at him being a guy that almost got to that 4,000 hit club in addition to, you know, having those 755 home runs, man. So rest in peace to him. He's one of the greatest. He inspires so many others. I believe that he paved the way for guys like Barry Bonds, guys like Ken Griffey Jr. to come along behind him and be some of the greats in their own right, man. So rest in peace to him and prayers to his family. And no doubt, well spoke, well said. I, I mean, when you think about some of the records that he's hold, uh, most RBIs, uh, 2,297 uh, total, that's runs batted in. And you, like you said, that, you know, that, that home run record that he had at seven, what was it, 751, something like that, 755, uh, stood for 33 years. So, I mean, he's a, he's a legend, one of the greatest to ever play the sport, not just black player, just baseball player, period. Holds multiple records, Hall of Famer, rest in peace to Hammering Hank, a.k.a. a.k.a. Hammering Hank, Hank Aaron, rest in peace. And prayers out to his family and friends and fans, whoever is connected to him. Um, man, what a, what a legacy, what a life. And I'm sure that you will hear about this on other sports outlet because it's one of the biggest news stories to break today. So, fellas, let's get into it. Unfortunately, we have to cover it. We just witnessed the divisional playoffs. Uh, we're entering. We're recording on a Friday. So, to, so this weekend we will see who will be in the Super Bowl. But we didn't get a chance to recap this divisional round. And we'll start off, I guess, Friday with Carlos's Rams. No, that was Saturday, right? Carlos's Rams fell short to the Green Bay Packers. And we will give Carlos the floor since those are his L.A. Rams. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Um, I'll say this. It was a good game. It was a game that I didn't expect to be uh, that close, you know, as we did our picks throughout the week um, at o, o underscore benchwarmers dot com. I was about to say dot com, but O underscore benchwarmers. What year is it, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> o underscore benchwarmers uh, on Instagram and uh, Twitter and Facebook. Um you know, I, I did pick the Packers to win, uh, you know, just because I thought the Rams were too banged up going into the game. You got a banged up Jerry Goff with his thumb injury. You got an Aaron Donald who had a rib injury, you know, uh, as we've seen that affected him. And you obviously had the Rams missing their safety net in Cooper Cup this week. So, you know, those are not just some positions where you can say, hey, next man up. These are key positions. These are all three of those players that were injured that have recently got extended with us. So, you know, those are long-term pieces. Those are key pieces that were injured going into the game. You know, and to say those key pieces were hurt, you know, I say, I'll say respect to the Rams, you know, for battling in that game and being into that game until the end until, you know, a touchdown was thrown to break the, um, to break the game open to a two-score game. You know, um, the Packers were a better team. You know, they came with a good game plan, running the ball, killing the clock, and uh, controlling – the possession and keeping the ball out of our hands, um, you know, and not to mention you playing in Green Bay, you know, we haven't played really anywhere with fans all year. They had fans there. It was cold. You know, we Cali boys over there, you know, we sunny state Cali boys. That cold is not something that we're used to. 
So them having that advantage alone for them was huge. And, you know, also, again, Aaron Rodgers, the, the league's MVP, you know, you got to give it to him, man, because he – uh it makes me upset. I don't like it because he's just too cool back there, almost just nonchalant. It's 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 almost like, come on, man, like stop showing off. Like, you know, I just hate his passive-aggressive attitude. It just really irritates me. I like to see him rattle. But uh, he was just he, – he was cool and collected, and he took care of business. Yeah, I guess, man, to just chime in on that, like you said, um, it was one of those things that – with the Rams being banged up the way they were, uh, it was just kind of too much to overcome. When you have a guy like Aaron Donald, who I think we all agree is the best or at worst the second best player in the league, and when he's banged up uh, with the rib injury that he sustained, I mean, he's the anchor of that defense. And that Rams defense had, you know, basically been the number one defense in the league. And this game in which they gave up the most yards that they had given up in the season – uh, the most first downs that they had given up, and I believe the second most points that they had given up. Um, it just shows Aaron Donald's importance to that defense, but also shows, too, how that Green Bay offense is really clicking on all cylinders. Like you already mentioned, the MVP, he's rolling. But that run game with them having pretty much that three-headed monster that they can keep all of them fresh throughout the course of that game and split the carries, um, it's just been uh, difficult for anybody to slow down and on this point as it relates to the NFC and I don't want to jump the gun but it's going to be difficult for anybody on that side to slow them down honestly that offense is just rolling on all cylinders and you know hats off to them man uh it, it was a a good game as good a bit as it could be but ultimately yeah yeah I'll just add to that real quick remind you know you kind of made me they their offense was coming into the game the number one offense number one scoring offense and then coming to the game the Rams was the number one defense you know they that showed right there. I mean, again, injuries played a part, but that showed that that offense is legit, you know, because they were going up against a good, legit defense and they still put up 30 point, points on us. So, you know, hats off to them. I hate to say it, they're going to probably most likely be in the Super Bowl, but uh, you know, I would love to see them get rattled and knocked off. Yeah, just to add a couple things, I think y'all covered it pretty well, but I would like to cover like the Devontae Adams, Jalen Ramsey deal. I think it was a big deal pregame. They got into a little trash talking there. And the interesting part about it is that Matt LaFleur and the office coordinator there with the Green Bay Packers decided to motion Devontae away from Jalen Ramsey's side. Understand that Jalen only covers one side of the field. And I thought that that was interesting. Devontae had a lot of uh, success against the Packers, but there were times where Jalen was matched up with Devontae and his, his great – probably some of the best footwork, uh, best route running in the NFL was displayed. And it, it was not it was no match for Jalen. But I agree with you guys. I think that this is one of the most high-powered offenses in the league. And I think that they will ultimately end up in, this, in, the, in the Super Bowl. And ironically, guys, i got to remind you, that was my MV, NFL MVP pick, Aaron Rodgers. And, I mean, I think I got some funny looks there at first. But, I mean, the guy played with a chip on his shoulder – Will we expect any different with a competitor like himself and the, the, the culture that he comes from and the, the cloth that he's cut from? When you draft a Jordan Love, who's one of the top prospects in last year's draft as a quarterback, the writing was pretty much on the wall. But Aaron Rodgers has proven that he has a lot left in the tank. And I wouldn't be surprised if he goes and wins the Super Bowl and say, hey, look, I'm out. I'm about to find somewhere to play, else to play to torture y'all. Maybe somewhere in y'all's division. 
to torture y'all two times a year since y'all don't want to show the gods some love. But much ups to the Packers. They move on. They earned a date with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which sadly means that my Saints fell short. And we can look we can't look beyond the four turnovers that happened. Of course, we know about three, uh, three interceptions that drew through and then the, the devastating fumble and Jerry Cook when we were finally figuring it out on offense. You know, ball security has always been his issue. I hope that he's a free agent this year, so I'm hoping that we don't bring him back. He's one of my least favorite guys to bring back just because he's known to do things like this, ruining drives. So as you can tell, I'm still salty about it. Uh, but overall, I think hats off to the Buccaneers. They executed. Uh, I don't think that – I think that as a as a fan of, of Tom, Drew Brees, is you could bring up the sound bite on all underscore bench warmers, you might could find the video where I was calling for Drew to retire after like week two of this season. And I'm thinking that America saw why. Uh, and then later on with Privy, his wife Brittany just pulled, poured gasoline on the fire trying to defend his her husband, saying he played with a torn ro- rotator cuff, he played with broken ribs, he had this, this injury and that injury. But with all due respect to you, Ms. Breeze, Mrs. Breeze, Drew was not performing well throughout the whole season, and it just added on to the more of the selfishness of Drew that he had these injuries, and he's not performing well that he didn't sit out and let, you know, just sit out. You know, if he's not healthy, he shouldn't have been playing – he didn't, he didn't, even if you look at this past game with the Buccaneers, he didn't throw the ball maybe past 10 or 12 yards. The only long touchdown pass was thrown by a backup, which ironically happened the same when we played the Minnesota Vikings last year with the same trick play with Taysom Hill through for 50 yards twice when we had to go deep. So I think that the end, it's the end of the road for Drew Brees. I, I hope that he retired, and I hope that we can move forward as a franchise. But – it's not just about – we're going to talk about Breeze. Let's, what, are, what are your initial thoughts about the Buccaneers aspect of things? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I know Breeze and the turnovers played a huge part in that, but I would have to still give credit to their defense. You know, the defense were putting Breeze in those un- uncomfortable situations to force those turnovers. And, you know, those swiping at the ball, they are a turnover-driven team. You know, and I have to give my hats off to Devin White as well. He played some good – defense and the one-on-one matchup I would say he wanted against Kamara this weekend you know and he covered him pretty well from sideline to sideline you know and I think that aspect of the game cannot be taken away because he's been out I believe it was COVID had him out the last uh, few weeks or so so um, you know I think their defense deserves some credit you know again Drew Brees is a shell of himself and I think they forced him to be in that situation they got down which means again Drew Brees when we watched the game together this weekend, Rob, this past weekend, I said this is the worst situation the Saints can be in because, one, you know, you got a short amount of time and you down multiple touchdowns. So you down a touchdown, which forces Breeze to throw the ball down the field. There's no more dink and dunk. There's no more, hey, methodically, slowly move the ball down the field. There's no more of that. You have to get chunk yards and Breeze, like you mentioned, Look, arm, we've seen these for years now. We've been talking about this for years now. When even back, we go back to not to throw salt in the wound to the Rams in the Saints playoff game, right? His arm looked cooked then, you know what I'm saying? Like his throws and stuff then, we were talking about it then, you know? So it's been, I think he's about a year or two past where he should have played. I think the respect of his name and what he's done for the city is the only thing that kept him 
um, with the Saints. You know what I'm saying? Him and this, obviously the love Sean Payton have for him. But I think if we're being real in any other situation, if he hadn't won that Super Bowl, he would have been gone from the Saints. You know, he, he just his he Sean Payton, like you've mentioned all throughout the year, has done a great job of covering up his um, lack of ability. And, you know, I'm glad that he's going to walk away from the game. You know, I wish he wouldn't have had to walk away to, from the game like this. You know, it's like he went out to me on a sour note almost, like, you know, because he went out throwing these interceptions. You know what I mean? He went out losing to the t- his, his pretty much his rivalry who he was fighting for with the touchdowns back and forth. So as a pride, as a man, I know that probably hurts him. But um, I think he should have walked away a year or two ago. Uh, no, I completely agree with basically everything that y'all said so far. Um, I would say, too, man, I was kind of rude to start out this segment, man. I should have started it by welcoming my brothers and their teams to the couch this weekend, man. I should have welcomed y'all to the couch this weekend, man. But uh, one thing that I want to say, too, man, shout out to Playoff Lenny, man. Shout out to Leonard Fournette, man, stepping up this weekend um, and getting it done. I thought that he was – a real big part of that offense, not just him running the ball, but him being the check down outside of the backfield, man. I can't – they went to that same play about two or three straight times, and it was working every single time. So, shout out to him showing his versatility to even be a part of that passing game. Um, he did a lot of good things, of course, in their first-round matchup as well. But one thing that I do want to say, please do not give the credit of this win to Tom Brady, man. I was talking to somebody the other day, and um, we were, I think, actually in the gym at the time. And he was like, man, you know, you'll never beat Tom Brady three times in a row. Tom Brady didn't win that game, no, man. Tom Brady, not. to me, still looked like somewhat of a shell of himself as well. But he just managed the game. Mm-hmm. He didn't do the things that Drew Brees turning the ball over to lose the game. So I give him credit for not losing the game. But Tom Brady didn't win that game. Like y'all already mentioned, that defense won that game. So, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, take too many shots, man. But I'm not about to give Tom Brady the credit for that dub, man. No, and if you look at the game, if you watched it from start to finish, the Saints really were dominant in that game. But it, the lack of the, the, the lack of security of the ball was a problem and, and Drew – Lent into that, and I give credit to the Bucks, but I mean they're going up to Green Bay, who I have them losing by at least two scores. It's gonna be, it's not gonna be close because I don't feel like that they will, you know, I don't feel like they even really will compete. But you know, it, it is what it is. I'm over it. I'm moving past it. Uh, I'm glad Drew is, is hanging it up, and I'm, I'm looking forward to what our roster will look like next year. Uh, we will talk about. Drew and his retirement. I think we talked about that enough. Um, so that's kind of wrapped into one. So we'll move on to the next matchup. Um, the AFC, which we had the Bills moving on to the AFC championship, and they will be facing the uh not not who they who they facing in the AFC. Kansas City, man. Kansas, Kansas City, Kansas City. City. No disrespect to Kansas City. So we have the NFC and the AFC championship games lined up, guys. We're going to do our predictions. By the way, we've been doing our predictions all throughout the playoffs. We're going to do it again. We have the graphics so far so you can keep track of where we where we are with it. Uh, o underscore Benchworms on our Instagram and Twitter. 
you can find our a graphic with our predictions of the playoffs and how they win. So at the end, you will be able to kind of see if we know what we're talking about. But here we go. We, again, we'll drop another graphic, hopefully tomorrow, that'll just have a listing of who we think will win e- these uh, conference championships. And we'll drop it tomorrow at some point. So, guys, we got the Bills and the Chiefs. We'll start there. Where do you feel as though this game, what direction is this going to go? What's your predictions of this game? Uh, the Bills and the Chiefs. So, you know, we got – luckily we recording this and we got reports that, you know, Pat Mahomes is going to play this weekend, which changes the game, right? You know, I think all – Predictions, I've been kind of – I did predict the Bills to win. I think I was the only one to pick them to win last week. Uh, and I, I think I'm going to stay with them. I think I'm going to pick the Bills to actually beat the Chiefs and upset them. Again, you know, I just really feel like Mahomes is a one-hit away, and that team is a whole different team, you know. Uh, I, I like Josh Allen. Again, if it wasn't for Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen would be my MVP. You know, and I think um, that they're, they're playing hot, and I haven't seen anybody yet that can guard Stephon Diggs. You know what I mean? I know they have some monsters on the other side, you know, the Chiefs, but I don't think there's anybody on their side can, that can stay with Stephon Diggs. Just that combo, them making that trade has probably been the biggest steal. You know, it's, I mean, again, the Vikings aren't hurting with Jefferson, but them making that trade and getting Diggs on that squad has been game-changing. So, um, I'm going to go with the Bills. I just like how they fly around on defense. I like White, Tredavious White, you know, and what he does. You know, and I like Edmonds as a linebacker. Um, you know, I'm going to go with Josh Allen and the Bills. Well, I'm in here, and I'm going to go the complete opposite, and I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm not betting against Patty, Patty, uh, Patty Mahomes. <laughs> Is that he hates that, man. He hates that. <laughs> he hates – his mama even came out and said, don't call him that. Patty Mahomes. But I got – I got, I can't bet against Patrick Mahomes. I feel like the Chiefs are just a superiorly great team and they're on another level. I'd be highly surprised if the Bills can uh, knock them off. Uh, I, I think it'll be close. I think it'll be – I think it'll be a shootout, if you will, uh, of points. But I think that the Chiefs got enough in them to, to overcome uh, – What's what's very interesting is Patrick Mahomes didn't finish the previous game in the divisional round. We didn't even recap the AFC side with the Ravens and the Bills, but we'll do that now. But um, which brings another interesting conversation I want to bring after we're done with this. But it, with with Patrick Mahomes going out with what looked like it didn't look good. He got up, he was woozy, could barely walk, didn't finish the game. Uh, Henny had to finish the game, and I didn't even know he was still in the league until yesterday. Uh, I mean, until uh, last weekend, this past weekend. But it is something to keep your eye on. But ultimately, I think that the Chiefs will overcome this. Uh, they without Clyde, they without a bunch of pieces. But I ultimately feel like they can, you know, go ahead and, and knock them off. Uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm also rolling with the Chiefs. Y'all know kind of what I've Boring. said. You know what I've said basically <laughs> all year, man, is that. That everybody in the AFC, man, has just been in a race to see who's going to lose to the Chiefs. Honestly, I still feel that Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback that I've ever seen. Uh, ultimately, I think that he's on the path to try to challenge Tom Brady for that GOAT title um, in some years. So I can't bet against Patrick Mahomes. I think that ultimately he'll get it done. Um, some of those guys 
actually have returned to practice. Uh, I think that they said that Clyde even actually returned to practice. So I think there's a possibility there of them being even close to full strength. And at the end of the day, for me, when I pick the Chiefs, man, it, it automatically, it just comes down to what I believe in Patrick Mahomes, but also what I believe in that leadership on the other side in Tyron Matthew, man. Tyron Matthew is just different. We've seen it in his time at LSU. The, the greatest instincts. Honey Badger, the greatest football instincts that I have ever seen on the field. And so I'm not betting against that, man. I'm rolling with the Chiefs. I think that they'll get it done. It'll be a really good game because, like you said, man, that Buffalo Bills offense is impressive. But what really impressed me this past week was their defense standing up. I didn't think that the first week in the playoffs that their defense looked that great. But the way that they stood up against Lamar Jackson, I take my hat off to them. Kudos to them. But ultimately, I still feel the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes will get it done. So we flip over to the NFC Championship game, which is which I expect to be a very, very boring game. Uh, you know, I'm a bitter Saints fan. I'll admit it. I hope that Tampa Bay goes to Green Bay and fall on their face, which I think they will. They're going into cold weather. They do have Tom Brady, but they don't have the Tom Brady of old. And like I said earlier, they'll lose by two scores easily. They're without Antonio Brown, which is another weapon that they have. It was announced today that Antonio Brown will not be playing this Sunday. What are y'all predictions and what do y'all think? Um, I think for that, man, I uh, have Green Bay winning it. I just think that offense is flowing on all cylinders. I don't think Tampa Bay will be able to slow them down. And I honestly think that kind of that revenge factor from that loss that they took earlier in the season, I think that's going to be on their minds as well. And um, I think they go out there and get it done. I think even Aaron Rodgers, knowing the moment and knowing too, even though that we know that Tom Brady is past this time, but that moment too of going into, to that game and him being that guy to beat Tom Brady, I think that's also a be on his mind as well. And I just think that that home field advantage is too much and they're a better team. So I definitely got Green Bay as well. I think it'll at least be about 10 points. Yeah, I mean, I think even in the – you watched the game with last week with the Saints and the Bucks. I feel like, you know, early in that game, you seen the Bucks really were frustrated. You know, they weren't clicking at first. You know, it took those turnovers to really get their confidence going in the game going. You know, one thing about the Packers, they play a good brand of football. They haven't really been a turnover-heavy team. You know, and I think they will make adjustments from that week six matchup when, you know, they were able to rattle Aaron Rodgers and get to him and get home to him. You know, I think they will make those quicker throws and get, get the ball out of, out of their hand which is what the Packers did against the Rams because they know that, you know, again, Aaron Donald, you know, Leonard Floyd, those guys, you know, that have double-digit sacks this year can get to the the the, 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 the uh, quarterback. So I think they get the ball out their hand. I think Rodgers gets the ball out their hand. I think they do a heavy dose of running the ball and clock control to get them to the Super Bowl. Um, they've really been playing a smart brand of football. You know, as you see, teams change it up um, in the playoffs. With Packers was a dominantly throwing the ball team, you know, they totally switched it up against the Rams where they were using all three running backs and running the ball and playing good defense. You know, again, running the ball and defense wins championships when it comes to the playoffs. All that airing it out and all that stuff, that stuff changes in the playoffs. So I could see the Packers definitely winning, uh, winning this game and going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> so, I mean, All right. so 
I agree. Left everybody speechless, Los. Speechless with their comments here. Yeah, man. So it brings up another interesting conversation. And I don't like to do this, but Lamar Jackson, here is his third go at it in the playoffs. Again, an, an early exit. And again, the questions are, you know, he finally got his first playoff win, but he had a gruesome pick late in the game in the red zone. <laughs> A pick six, actually. And what do you guys think make of that? I mean, is that a hit on his legacy in the playoffs? Or do y'all still – I mean, he's still young. He's only 24. But, I mean, you look at the pace that Patrick Mahomes is on, and you look at Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson has an NFL MVP. So I feel like it's only right that he should be on that level or expected to perform at a certain level so far. But here we are, another early exit. Um, he has the weapon on his team. He has the defense. He has the coach. But, again – Lamar Jackson, um, the throws that he's making, he's not the most accurate. Still, he's having accuracy issues. I think he's improved, but I don't think he's all the way there yet. Uh, his athleticism is there. That's, that's nothing to question about. But do you think that another early exit, do you think that it was, it's wrong to question his legacy so far as a quarterback in the NFL? Um, no, I don't think it's wrong to question it at this point. I believe that, honestly, like you said, he has to step up and perform better in those games. Even if you look at the first round, you know, it really wasn't his passing that really got it done in that game. It was his legs, and, and hats off to him. That's a part of his game. But um, in the playoffs, you know, like you said, you've seen it year after year where he hasn't come up big in those moments. Now, what I don't want to do, I do know that he hasn't in NFL MVP, but I don't want to put him on that Patrick Mahomes scale. If he gets put on that Patrick Mahomes scale, he has nothing but to lose with that because Patrick Mahomes, like I have said, is the best quarterback I've ever seen. And so to be compared to that and try to live up to that level is going to be an unfair standard for him. I believe that he does have to be compared to his contemporaries. We saw that Josh Allen outplayed him in this game. I think making more so of that comparison is a little bit more fair to him. But like you said, you know, at this point, he's going to get scrutinized until he gets it done. Is that to say that he'll never be able to get it done or we don't believe that he can ever write this or that his legacy is forever tarnished? No. If he comes out in a couple years and he starts lightning up, he finds his way to a Super Bowl, he gets the win, we'll forget about these times right now. But at the moment, we have to evaluate him on what we have seen so far and we can't take it easy on him and just give him a pass. Yeah, so I mean, write the question. Yeah, for a second there. Um, I, so I mean, what you were saying at the end, we missed that last part. No, I was saying. All right, I'll take it over from there. So I mean, again, I he's, that it's it's right to question him. You know, you know, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's one of those things that it he like you say, rightfully so. He is going to be put compared to those guys. It's going to be unfair, but I think what his body of work, what he put together this year, at least, you know, he's starting with talking about it at least, you know, before he wasn't even talked about, he was inconsistent, all those different things. Now he's even, he's, he's been talked about in those top tier quarterbacks. And I think we have to give our hats off to him and what he has at least elevated this game. I know a lot of that is Diggs bringing that, bringing weapons around him does that, but, Again, much respect to him. 
And I think, again, I think he's going to the Super Bowl. All right. So, yeah, there you have it. I mean, I don't think that, like you said, his legacy should be tarnished. I agree with that. But I do think you have to raise an eyebrow so far that he struck out this many times um, as far as an NFL MVP. If you're an NFL MVP, you should be able to get the job done. And I think in the future he will, but I don't think he's there yet, which why he's not on the tier. I could put him on a Patrick Mahomes, like you said, and not even a Josh Allen at this moment. Now, Josh Allen is still the, the jury's still out because he has a game to play this weekend. But, you know, I, I, you know, I think he's sliding down that list. He's sliding down that list of quarterbacks for me. For me, because uh, Patrick Mahomes is the best I've ever seen. I'm, I'm with you on that too, Ramon. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. So, let's talk some hoops. Let's talk some hoops, man. We got a lot of drama that's going on in Brooklyn. As far as, first of all, we got to mention the trade in James Harden. I had the best song ever to play, but I'm having technical difficulties. It's probably illegal for me to play it anyway, so I probably shouldn't. But, hello, Brooklyn. You know, James Harden is in Brooklyn. We've had a small sample so far, and it just seems like they are moving pretty good. They're on a four-game winning streak. Um, they're doing uh, – they lost last They night. dropped one, yeah. They, yeah, they, they, lost. they just don't, lost. Don't mess over Colin Sexton like that. Oh, yeah, Colin, Colin Sexton. Sexton yeah, ball, yeah, don't yeah, don't yeah, mess yeah, over him like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they were on a four-game winning streak until they went. They got some sex ed, <laughs> like Lowe <Lose>. said. <laughs> <laughs> but – um, let's talk about it, man. So the first four games, they were without Kyrie Irving due to some personal reasons. Uh, it started off as if Kyrie had some things going on, but then it was a story that came out that he was at a party uh, against COVID protocols that are set by the NBA to keep everyone safe. There were videos of him at a birthday party, which caused him to miss a, a total of seven games, a total of seven games in combination of the COVID protocols as well as him having personal reasons. At that point, he wasn't answering phones from his head coach, Steve Nash. He wasn't answering uh, phone calls from his dear friend, Kevin Durant. He wasn't answering to anybody. He took a step away. And it turned to find out that he came back uh, last night, which he had an excellent game. <laughs> you know, he came back and did his thing. He didn't miss a beat. Uh, but ultimately, they fell short to Colin Sexton. Uh, we're going to listen to a clip of how he felt uh, about his absence. Uh, we're going to get into our thoughts about what, how we feel about Kyrie taking that time away and is he selfish or not. Uh, you know, just our thoughts for a second. And uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what you guys got to say about it. I'm going to go ahead and start that thing up. Thumbs up if y'all can hear it. If not, I'll try to do something else, okay? <laughs> Happy to be back. Happy to be around these guys. Address the team. Address everybody that need to be addressed. Now it's time to move on. It's you know pretty interesting in watching when you take a break from everything. There's just so many assumptions about what's going on, and so many people feel like they know me best. They have no idea who I am, or what I'm about, or what I stand for, or even attempt to take the time, or even for me to invite them to take the time. So it's a two-way street. Um, and when things become overwhelming in life, you know, you just got to take a step back and realize what's important. And I love to play. That's never been questioned. I've committed myself, you know, when this wasn't even a thing for me. You know, I didn't really care about media. didn't really care about the fandom. All I cared about was just the ethics of the game and being taught the fundamentals. And now that it's become bigger and there's more of a responsibility that I have in this position I'm in, 
I'm grateful because I'm able to stand on this platform with others alongside of me that have sacrificed and are going through similar things. So I'm not alone in this. You know, that's just a big thing about also mental health, you know, just coming in and being balanced with yourself first and then being able to perform. Um, so, you know, with everything going on in the world, politically, um, socially, it, it, like I said, it's hard to ignore. Um, I wanna make changes daily. You know, there are so many oppressed communities, so many things going on that are bigger than just a ball going in the rim. Um, so for me, I just, like I said, it's just the balance of it, um, of knowing I can delegate my responsibilities uh, off the court to people that I'm surrounded around that are for the fight and are fighting behind the scenes. And well, I think we got the gist of it there, just kind of explaining where it is. Uh, uh, I just feel like uh, just initially my thoughts were just the, the professionalism of it all. I don't think I ever could, you know, um, justify someone just walking away from their job, not telling their boss what's going on. I think that was kind of like the wrong way to go about it. Um, I think that Kyrie has caught himself up in these types of ordeals, whether it be um, whether it be other instances where the, the world is flat, or it, it seems like he take these stances about how he feels, but then when he's confronted about it, or when it's expected of him to take accountability is kind of like he low-key tucks his tail in and even when you if you were able to hear the clip you know he got his arms folded and he's laying on his arms like you know sit up like a man and just speak about you know how you feel about this you know it's just almost like you know like he called the reporter some peons and stuff like that it's like he, he kind of just backs off of these things uh we all know there's mental health and and i, I think that it's pretty rough but you're playing paid millions of dollars to play basketball, which you're blessed to do, and he does a lot in the community. We understand that, but it's a way you got to conduct yourself in an in a order business. You're a professional, you know, and we all have jobs to do. We all have our livelihood, and I think that he has to just go about this to, in a better way, you know. That's how, those were my, just my thoughts initially. Yeah, no, uh, I, I agree with you on that, on the professionalism side of it. I believe that there's definitely a better way that he could have handled this entire situation. If he just kind of let people know a little bit more on the front end, what was going on and making them aware of it. Um, now I do understand that mental health is something that's very serious. And at times you do feel that you need to take a step back from pretty much everything. You know, I, I've had a space where even within the last year that I felt that, okay, I needed to take a step back. I need to unplug and, and uncharge from all these days so that I can recharge and get to a better place mentally. So I believe that, you know, that's part of it for Kyrie. I do, you know, see that a lot of the stuff that he's even talking about socially, you know, he's not just talking about it. He's actually getting out there and doing things. You know, we know what he did for the WNBA and paying uh, some of their salaries, uh, donating $1.5 million, over 300000 to, you know, feed families in New York, you know, seeing him, put together uh, for food pallets and masks, you know, also in New York and also too buying George Floyd's family a home. So, you know, he's doing a lot of things on that front. And I think that that's been at the forefront of his mind, which has caused him to, you know, he's feeling that those things are bigger than basketball, but at the end of the day, he still does have to think about his livelihood. He still does have to think about what he's paid to do. And if he needs to take a step back, if he needs to step away from it, 
then you have to communicate those things. Um, and I think that things are just heightened in this day and time. You know, on the last dance, we saw that Dennis Rodman had to get away to go to Vegas and do his thing for some time. And you can only imagine what that would have been like in this climate, in the Twitter era, if he were out there, people searching for him, MJ going out there to try to find him. And so I think that in this day and time, you see that heightened. So he could have done things better, but I do understand him taking a step back. So what I'm hearing there is Kyrie is the modern day Dennis Rodman. That's what I got from that. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> right. The way he's been looking lately, he might as well go ahead and die his head. He's been looking really rough. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I'm not mad at that at all, Ramon. That's a good take. Um, you I think that uh, at this point, we gotta talk about I hate to keep jumping around, but I mean we didn't discuss Deshaun Watson, so I just kind of quickly want to discuss Deshaun Watson. We already discussed on the previous episode that um, of why he's, you know, not with the team, why he wants out of Houston. But now we want to kind of talk about where do we expect him to land. My prediction, I'm going to start off is Miami. I think that that's a good spot for him. I think that they he, he instantly will boost that team into playoff contention instantly. Right. Yeah, so I'm gonna uh, be the only get my yeah. prediction. <laughs> no, no, Ray, you left us so speechless, Ray, because you took the answer right, right from us. So I wasn't even gonna really chime in, but I will say I think that, that Miami is also the logical destination for him. You know, when they can package a tour and you know some picks, even potentially the pick that they actually have from Houston uh, this year, the number three overall pick, I believe that that just kind of fits logically. Um, and, and make sense in this. So, you know, since you had already said it, I wasn't going to jump into high gear to try to take yeah. it from you. Thank you, yeah, my I'll, I'll, I'll add to that. Um, you know, we talked about it a little bit, and we talked about the odds. I think the Texans were odds on favor to keep him, you know, and figure that thing out. You know, we had reports come out today that uh, Josh McCown interviewed for the Texans head coaching job, which to me is nuts, you know, with no NFL coaching experience and he gets a NFL coaching interview, head coach interview. It's nuts to me, you know, but again, you know, that's neither here nor there. That's a whole Speak other topic that we can talk about for about 30 minutes, but that in itself, you know, um, when you have so many um, qualified candidates, people that have earned their stripes, people that have put in time that has a longer resume than a QB that's coming off the field that was not a great QB by any means, you know, that was averages at best, get a head coach and interview job, and you'd say you're going to put some older coaches around him, does not make sense to me. It's not fair to the game, and I don't think it's fair to those, you know, which the NFL we know has a problem. I, I, don't, I didn't mean to get down this road. We're talking about Deshaun Watson. Yeah. So, again, I just wanted to say – I just wanted to put that out there. That I don't think that was a uh, <clears throat> fair interview. I don't even think he – was deserving of an interview, but that's just my opinion. And I'm just very opinionated, strong opinion on that. Um, but if I had to guess, I think that somehow listening to that news with them interviewing Josh McCown, I would say they find a way to move in. And, you know, word is rumor is that the Panthers are a sleeper to actually pick him up right now. And they're very aggressive behind the scenes, trying to make a move to make it happen. Um, you know, I think every NFL team if you don't have Patrick Mahomes is probably making a call saying hey what would it take to get it over there but the biggest thing is Deshaun Watson has a no trade clause in his contract he controls it so even if they find a deal 
at the end of the day, if he doesn't like that spot, he can say no. I think the biggest thing with the Panthers, he's from that Atlanta area, and that's only like four hours or so away from home. And so that's almost like home for him if he goes to Carolina. Um, so I think that that he has the weapons there with McCaffrey. He has the speed there, you know, obviously with everything that's surrounded with him there. Um, and so I think that is a logical uh, spot for him as a Panthers. So we got two, we got two Miami Dolphins and one Carolina Panther. Okay, we'll hey, see. Bro, y'all could have said the Colts, man. Somebody could have took that, man. But I, <laughs> no, all right, man. we don't want to. Y'all didn't say the Saints. <laughs> y'all look, y'all see us struggling. All we need is a quarterback, and we'd be in the Super Bowl. But anyway, little peanut bitch warmers, we about to wrap it up, man. We appreciate you for hanging around this long. We did it again, fellas. And I hope that you guys enjoy y'all NFC championship game and AFC championship. Any any big plans for the games, guys? Just to watch it as usual, man. Yeah, you know, just enjoy. No use <laughs> plans, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Get we all on the couch, man. Get y'all something good to eat to watch it, man. Some Maybe some chicken wings or something. I don't know, man. I did chicken wings last weekend. Those you, were grilled, though. Yeah. <laughs> We appreciate all the listeners, everybody that's hanging around and supporting us. Make sure that you're following us on O underscore bench warmers. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. I wouldn't say it 20 times a podcast if it wasn't important. If you support us, it's important that you subscribe. That's how we get our a logger. What is it? What's that word? A logarithm? Algorithm? Algorithm. <laughs> algorithms up and we get our listenership up and everything spreads from there. Algorithm. Yeah, yeah. We appreciate y'all for hanging around. We about to go ahead and get on out of here. Enjoy our weekend. I hope that you enjoy this podcast. We out of here. All right, later. Later.